Hello, my magical friends. My name's Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 160th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. It's Creator Week, so we're jumping right into today's topic. So it's really fun to see a new comic, or yes, relatively new comic, wherein a lot of the common tropes of a Magical Girl series are used to excellent effect to give us a really interesting and unique narrative. So today we're talking about Captain Jellyfish. It's also a series where if you look at the title at first glance, you might not necessarily be immediately aware that it is a Magical Girl series, but it is. And it's a really delightful one as well. I had a lot of fun reading it, which is why I was very quick to invite on the writer in it on to talk about their story. I was also very surprised, and you hear the surprise like as we get into the story itself, at to how old Enid is, <laughs> because their story is very impressive. I'm really excited to continue reading as the story progresses, because there are just quite a few interesting bunch of questions and little things um, that I was really interested in checking out and interested in, in hearing the answers for. So um, I will hopefully get those in due time, but it seems like there's still a lot of story left. And before we get into today's chat, we do have to warn you just a little bit about the fact that because the story does star a closeted trans girl, there is discussion of misgendering in the episode. And of course, it's also present in the story itself. So please keep that in mind before you either read the story or continue on to this main chat. But otherwise, I have nothing else to add. So let's get into today's chat with Enid, the creator of Captain Jellyfish. We are here today to talk about the webtoon Captain Jellyfish, and I'm delighted to get to know the creator. Can you please introduce yourself? Uh, hi. Uh, <laughs> my name's Enid. I use any pronouns, and I'm the creator of Captain Jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. So yeah, I'm really excited. I love so many things about your store. It's very cute. I love your art style and the store so far is very exciting and I'm excited to know more about what's going to happen next. But before we get to that, Edith, what is your history with the magical girl genre? Admittedly, it's kind of weird. Because <laughs> like... Okay, so technically I watched Ojimajo Doremi when I was younger. <laughs> but, like, after a while, I didn't really watch a lot of Magical Girl shows or whatever. Like, I read Sailor Moon in middle school, but, like, for a while, I ended up, like, steering clear of them, kind of. Because, like, for a while, I didn't really want to read <laughs> a lot of shoujo manga. And that included, like, Magical Girl shows. Because, like, I don't know, I was being weird about it. I was like, isn't that just, like romance or whatever <laughs> which like mm -hmm. it's not just romance but i don't know <laughs> but i ended up just like avoiding it <laughs> like a loser <laughs> <laughs> is that i mean i you would be surprised in that that's not the first time i've heard that kind of experience okay. i think it is an interesting kind of i guess problem not with the genre itself yeah. but like with society at large, yeah. <laughs> where there is a you know a natural pressure for a lot of people to avoid girly things or to yeah. to stay away from it for one reason or okay. another. So yeah, it's it's definitely not strange. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say you're a loser for that. <laughs> just you know, it's just a thing that happens to a lot of of people. Yeah. So what did get you back into checking out magical girls and other girly media? Oddly enough, it was writing Captain Jellyfish. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Awesome. Because, like, well, I did watch, like, Japanese magical girl shows. I watched, like, foreign magical girl shows, if you would call it. Like, like I was a fan of Miraculous Ladybug, and at one point or another, I was going to be like, oh, I'm going to create my own, like, sort of weird magical girl superhero-esque story. But that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for one reason or another, like, I was like, you know what? This story just isn't going to work out. And then I got into, like, writing for Cabin Jellyfish. And I was like, you know what? I should probably watch more Magical Girl shows if I'm actually going to write a series about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Recently, I've been very much enjoying the new season of Precure. (laughs) Love it so Mm -hmm. much. It is kind of a daunting task to feel like you need to start doing homework before you get into writing an original story in a genre. So I guess, how did you approach that? Like, what did you dive into? Did you try to do something more generally, like across the board, trying to get to what's popular or, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, at the time, I also wasn't really, like, watching a lot of anime in general, because, like, I just got burned out by, like, the anime community in general so like I ended up like avoiding a lot of anime (laughs) so Mm -hmm. like when I was like doing Kevin Jellyfish I was like uh I'll just like start out with like something that's like easy to watch or whatever so I was like you know I'm just gonna watch Cardcaptor Sakura (laughs) Hmm. interesting choice okay (laughs) cause like I was on Netflix and I was like eh might as well it's right there (laughs) Mm. and like I was like wow this is this is really good and like it was like I was getting back into anime and all that and then <laughs> and then the incest subplot came up and I was like oh god yeah that part is not not so good <laughs> yeah. after that I kind of just sort of like started at what was on Netflix and just sort of like gently branched out from there so like I actually ended up watching a decent amount of anime during school because <laughs> I had mm. a free period. So, oh, like, interesting. Mm-hmm. I just sort of like started from like Cardcaptor Sakura, and then I like read Sailor Moon again, and then I got like into Precure, and then I just sort of like, and I'm just sort of like trying to like expand my horizons. Hmm. Hmm. No, that's pretty good. It's a good uh, swath of things. And, you know, watching whatever is accessible makes um, sense. So I'm very curious because you mentioned school. Can I ask how old you are? <laughs> oh, I'm 19. Okay. Yeah. Like, I graduated. I just <laughs> I just took a gap year. Oh, no problem. No, no judgment there. If things happen. Um, it took me six years to finish uh, my undergrad and <laughs> you know it's it's all good I mean high school is a very different time for me you know I'm I'm in my 30s yeah. so uh, <laughs> we didn't even have smartphones when I was in high school but it's kind of cool to, to know that you were able to kind of utilize your time to, to have fun and explore new things is there any part of the magical girl genre that you're still like interested in checking out like shows that you haven't actually gotten to yet Admittedly, I've been, like, kind of, like, wary about checking out, like, the darker magical girl genre. Because, like, mm. as much as I love Madoka at the same time, I know there's, like, a lot of shows out there that didn't really get the point. And it's just like, oh, let's just torture these middle schoolers. <laughs> it's like, ah! <laughs> so, like, mm-hmm. I've been a little bit wary, but, like, I'm still, like, trying to give it a chance because, like, I don't want to be one of those people where it's just like, oh, clearly these shows were just made because the creator loves watching children suffer. And it's like, (laughs) I'm just trying to give it a chance, but at the same time, dear God. Hmm. You know, you'd be surprised. Um, It depends on the series where I think it's also a matter of like, there are a lot of the darker shows that are taking the formula and just kind of pushing the boundaries of what's acceptable to put a magical girl through, but will still come to a similar ending where like the very end of things, things are still like good. Okay. Or like, um, very hopeful. So I think that like, 
you know, that's like the kind of thing to like appeal to adults where it's like, yeah, you can't show like pretty here going through a lot of like grueling things because of the uh, target audience of the, the show. But yeah, yeah, there's some series where it's like it's it's extreme, but it doesn't feel like it's done to torture people. I don't know. Yeah. So I think I think the only one I would say for sure, I'm like pretty sure is actually meant to enjoy the torture part is is maybe magical girl site but at the same time if you watch the main show and don't really look at the comic you can still find hope at the end of that series so okay and with with any part of the genre you can you know just watch what you're comfortable with and you can skip the rest it's there's no like requirements to what you watch in the genre so it's all good. But, you know, if you're really curious about it, I, I would say that it's worth a lot of the shows are actually worth giving a try. Um, but if you feel hey. like it's too much, you can quit at any time. No one's forcing you to, to keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I'm curious about because uh, you said you're enjoying the season of, of Pretty Cure. Have you watched a lot of different seasons? Uh, Oh, my God. There's a lot of Precure. Like, <laughs> yes. A lot that I'd like to watch, but at the same time, it's like, dear God, that is 20 years worth of shows. So, like, there's a lot of, like, Precure series where, like, I've started them, but mm-hmm. I haven't finished them. Sure. But, like, so far, I've watched Futarawa Precure, Yes Go Precure 5. But that one, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish because, like, the really weird dynamic between <laughs> the main character and, like, this grown-ass adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fair. Uh, if you're not into seeing that at, at all. Um, it's just like, Which what? is most people. <laughs> yeah. Fair, like, fair. I feel bad because it's like, it looks nice. It's just, I can't get over it. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it helps... It does get reduced significantly in the second season. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Well, uh, you would be surprised that as far as like the main Japanese fandom, it's still generally like considered okay. Yeah. It's complicated to explain why, but I think uh, and another factor is like the character himself of Coco is uh, like kind of an adult, but kind of not an adult. Yeah. It's a little like up in the air, but yeah, I think, you know, we're not going to really see how the things like come further along until we get to the the, the sequel season that's coming out this year. Yeah. I- I'm honestly unsure of whether or not they're going to tackle that, but um it will be interesting to see what they do if they do, but like even today I see a lot of Japanese fans like still totally okay with yeah. the pairing, but it's also like it's not even just Precure, that's like a that's a trope yeah. in general for a lot of Japanese girls' media, so yeah, it's complex. <laughs> yeah, I've also, well, obviously, I've been watching Karagaro Precure, but like, <laughs> Princess Precure. That's the other one I've started. Mm-hmm. It's the one I'm furthest along in, mm-hmm. and I love it so much. I'm so mad that you can't legally stream it anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I love these girls. Like, oh my god, I love the series a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, aside from that, like, I've also been meaning to watch, like, the one with, like, the witches, like, where they get, like, isekai. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, a witchy precure. Mm-hmm. I've also been meaning to watch the ocean. <laughs> The ocean one, the tropical rouge precure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and delicious party precure, I believe. Yes, yes, last year's. Mm-hmm. Yes, along with the one with like, <laughs> the one with like the purple and red like animal lesbian. <laughs> oh yeah, kira kira precure la mode, which is also on Crunchyroll, so very accessible. Yeah. That one you can stream <laughs> legally. Yeah, I mean, those are all pretty great seasons. I Based on, well, what you've already mentioned, watching and liking, and just based on the content of Captain Jellyfish, I think you'll like those seasons a lot, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, awesome. So yeah, I guess there's nothing else really to say and without getting more into your own story. So um, just for anyone who hasn't read Captain Jellyfish yet, what basically is it about? Okay, so basically, it's about a trans girl named Maddie who basically has to stop this guy named the Mad Sorcerer and the Sea Demons from sort of like taking over the world <laughs> with Classic. the help of her friends, Anna, Katie, and of course, lest we forget, Cucumber, <laughs> the talking <laughs> penguin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very curious how the name Cucumber came about, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so technically, <laughs> originally, he was going to be named Popey Paul. After the Vocaloid song. Huh, okay. <laughs> last minute, I changed it. <laughs> and I was like, oh god. Because, uh, mm. like, I was, like, thinking about sea cucumbers. Like, like the little rabbit things. Ah, okay, yeah. And I was like, oh my god. What if, what if her name was Cucumber? Mm. <laughs> and that's how the name came about. Hmm. Awesome. Well, so, so far you have like a really interesting story of what's in, this is kind of the classic story of like reincarnated magical girls as well. So like we see in the prologue um, and we see throughout the story so far, like these flashbacks to this past life of of Captain Jellyfish, of Maddie, how she was before. And um, she clearly had like some sort of lover before that we see um just you know mysteriously in green um <laughs> all all shadowed up so we we don't know what they look like but um yeah just like a lot of like very interesting kind of things and we get, did get a, very recently the explanation about who the mad sorcerer is and um all yes. of that but yeah i guess how did you get to like starting the story why why did you create captain jellyfish i'm especially curious now that i know that you were kind of off magical girls for a while before starting this yeah okay so as i mentioned before i created captain jellyfish sort of after a failed superhero-esque like magical girl late i guess story mm-hmm So basically, I was sort of like, you know what, even though the story didn't work out, the original, original one, Mm -hmm. it was sort of like, you know what, I still kind of want to like give it another try, start over new, but this time with like new characters, same genre and stuff like that. Hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start designing characters based on like, I don't know. Disney villains or whatever like I just sort of gave myself like a topic to work with so <laughs> the first one I drew <laughs> was one for Captain Hook sort of like a piratey one and that design eventually became Maddie's and I was like oh my god I love this design and then I didn't continue it for a solid five months hmm <laughs> I just sort of, like, forgot about it in the back of one of my old sketchbooks until I, like, for whatever reason, I was looking through my old art and I was like, oh my god, I love this design. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna ignore all the Disney villain stuff. And I just sort of, like, ended up going from there because, like, I started, like, thinking about, like, the character design as its own. And, like, most of my ideas I get from just sort of, like, pacing I guess around a room (laughs) cause like that's how I like formulate most of my ideas out and like I don't know I just sort of like figured out most of the plot from that (laughs) that's interesting I'm I'm trying to like picture Disney villains and then look at these characters but (laughs) maybe aesthetically there's been quite a a difference but I do like the the kind of way that we have like these different um yeah kind of military things going on because you have Captain Jellyfish and then um, Katie they are uh, Lieutenant Starfish and then we have the Queen as well and I thought that was interesting to have the Queen also be a warrior 
And I'm very curious if we're going to see any other magical people down the line, or if this is the complete team. No, this is the complete team. Awesome. So I'm curious, like, if you have any, uh, I guess, particular influences, uh, I guess, other than (laughs) Disney villains, Uh, as, as far as, like, magical girls are concerned, did you have any particular series in mind, especially as you started to re-explore the genre? This one technically isn't. It's sort of like on the cusp of Magical Girls but a Steven Universe. <laughs> oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I watched that show when I was 12. Mm. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like baked into the bones of everything since. Because mm. like you don't just like create 30 OCs for a show for it to like <laughs> Go away. <laughs> hmm. Very interesting. But yeah, I, I definitely think Steven Universe, it's, it is part of the genre, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, besides that, I'd like definitely say like Sailor Moon, Miraculous Ladybug, and like, also like Precure, mainly like, especially like the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Because like, as much as I love the magical girl genre, sometimes it feels like it's just sort of like, Blast, blast, oh no, <laughs> the villain's down. Mm. But, like, I really liked how in Precure there was, like, a bit more, like, sort of tacticalness, I guess. Sure, yeah, like, yeah. I thought it was, like, really cool. Yeah, there's definitely, that is that is one thing that it's more known for is the, the hand-to-hand uh, combat aspect, you know, from the very beginning. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that why you decided to have the fairy companion of uh, Cucumber the Penguin? <laughs> I kind of wanted Cucumber in, so, like, <laughs> mainly because, like, basically, at the same time, Maddie's, like, figuring out, like, the past of what's happened. So it was, like, the reader. But, like, at the same time, like, the reader just sort of also needs, like, an in. So, like, I was like, you know what? Let's just do cucumber. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, like, cucumber is basically my way <laughs> of, like, getting things set up. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like, having a link to, like, the past. Mm. But also, I like penguins. <laughs> oh, penguins are great. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, obviously, mascots are often that kind of character, depending. But I'm very curious how you came to the idea of cucumber vomiting out the magical <laughs> items. So, um, have you ever watched Penguins of Madagascar? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I have not. I was a little old for the Madagascar series, but it is my understanding that the Penguins of Madagascar was a very successful series. <laughs> yes. Well, there's a character in it named Ringo. Mm-hmm. And he sort of vomits out a bunch of random stuff, whatever they need. Like, ah, like if they okay. need like a pipe bomb, he was like <laughs> vomit it out. <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds about right for that show. <laughs> hmm. So yeah, that's how I got the idea. Very interesting. Okay, <laughs> is that show also why you like penguins? Uh, kinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, penguins are, they're, they're pretty great in general, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's very interesting to hear from Gen Z about like the childhood that I never had and things are, are, are making sense. It's, it's funny. <laughs> it does make me feel incredibly old, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so uh, as you have the story so far, we've, we've gotten the team together and it's been kind of implied either in the character design or in some of the stuff that uh, Cucumber has talked about before that like there are other people around them in their lives that are also part of the uh, past lives and like connected. Yeah. So I'm really curious about like where the story is going like moving forward because we have our first like we have like a kind of like main our main villain right or like our main like general villain seems to be like starting to fail too much like maybe they're gonna be gone in a minute i'm not sure (laughs) it seems like it's coming up to the end for for them and i actually forgot to ask how do you pronounce that character's name (laughs) uh fos fos okay 
And I was like, oh, there's an accent I've, I've never seen before on this letter. Okay, this is fine. I accidentally invented an accent. <laughs> I didn't That's realize cool. it wasn't an actual accent. Because, like, I, I just sort of, like, Googled the Greek word for light. And I ah, guess I misremembered mm-hmm. whether the accent was at the top or at the bottom of the O. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I accidentally created an accent. Interesting, but yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's interesting to see how, at least with Fos, that we can see very clearly that he's connected to their past lives. So yes. he seems to especially be connected to um, the queen and seems to know some stuff that we don't know yet as this audience yes. members, at least as of, as of this current so recording. <laughs> hmm. So what can you tell us about what's coming uh, next in the story? What should we expect coming up? Okay, so I'm really excited because we're going to get introduced to another sea demon. Mm Because, like, we're going to be introduced to another one of the mad sorcerer's (laughs) employees, I guess, but they don't get paid. (laughs) Mm, Interesting. Okay. (laughs) And I'm very excited for you all to meet her Mm. she is i love her exciting exciting (laughs) Mm. so are we just always gonna see the characters like the sea demons like one at a time then like once one once out then the next will come uh i'm trying to do a balance Hmm. of like not overwhelming the reader okay and like not revealing too much but at the same time like getting like the story told so, like, it's, like, we're slowly going to build up mm-hmm. to, like, the characters, like, interacting with each other. Because, like, I still want there to be, like, a bit of an element of secrecy and stuff like that. Like, sure. oh, who's this in the shadows? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So, as of this recording, you obviously will have more updates by the time this episode actually comes out. Yes. But, you know, you have have already, you know, quite a few chapters in, or I guess episodes in, because it's a a webtoon. Yeah. Do you know about how long the story is going to be, roughly? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I did the math, and it's going to be like... (laughs) 200-ish episodes, like, we're in for the long haul here. Okay, awesome. (laughs) So we still have a long ways to go. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, well, I guess the next question I should ask is uh, who the target audience is for Captain Jellyfish. Uh, It's mainly, like, high schoolers slash teenagers, because, like, a lot of Magical Girl shows, I've noticed, they're, like, aimed more towards a younger audience and like that's fine but like I still feel like high schoolers should be able to hear that it's like it's okay to like be optimistic because like a lot of like like shows aimed towards an older audience are like hope that's for pansies shoots a row of like I don't know baby ducks or something (laughs) only the grittiest can survive and it's like okay (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah. Sure, sure. Okay, that makes sense. I, I mean, I can definitely say as an as an uh, older adult that it's still quite enjoyable, even though I'm not a, a teenager. But yeah, do yes. you think that as far as like, because I know you've had a few um, occasional warnings and stuff, but uh, yeah, do you think that perhaps for that reason that like, like younger children shouldn't read it as well? I think younger kids should be like, okay with reading it like right now <laughs> like maybe in the future i'll be like eh. hmm, okay but like for now there's nothing too serious okay but like hmm. <laughs> technically technically the main audience is me and whatever my brain is like haha this being funny <laughs> hmm well, I can confirm it is very funny, so great job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> like, lots of different things going on with the, you know, art style and, and all of that is, there's definitely a lot of visual comedy and written comedy, so you're doing good. <laughs> hmm. 
So what do you think it is you wanted to bring to the magical girl genre with your story? Sort of like I mentioned before, I want to carry over like the feelings of like hope and sort of like friendship and stuff like that because like that's sort of what like got me to really like magical girl shows because like I'm not like the biggest fan of romance like on its own. I need like something else to like balance it with usually. Mm-hmm. But like I like how like magical girl shows like friendship is just as important, if not sometimes more. Than sure. romantic relationships and like I really like that because like you don't really get that in a lot of genres hmm. it has become like a, a pretty standard thing to expect I think I think especially for for yeah. the ones for kids it's like you're gonna get a lot of good friendship moments alongside the, yeah. the magical stuff <laughs> and like hmm. even with like Madoka where it's like there's like all this insanity going on like Mobby's like death it like seriously impacted like Madoka like mm-hmm. Sayaka but like it's like there was never even like a hint like, where it's like oh yeah she was secretly in love that's why she's so impacted it's like no her friend died in front of her and that's like just as important to the story as like Sayaka's like crush on like Kiyosuke or whatever his face was <laughs> I guess yeah I think it is a it is a definitely a vital thing, and, and you know everyone has different experiences with both romance and friendship. Though I do feel like th- something that comes up a lot on the podcast is like romance, especially recently, has kind of completely fallen out of the genre, where it's like yeah, it's mostly like implied stuff, which is yeah. also good, but you know it's 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 a lot less of the yeah. outright romance, I guess. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, like, sort of, like, a sub, like, sort of, like, an effect, I guess, of, like, Precure, like, gaining so much of a dominance over, like, the magical girl mm-hmm. industry, I guess. Sure. Because, like, like, there's magical girls that shows that, like, come out, but, like, most of them are, like, Precure. And, like, Precure shows in general... They don't really have much of an emphasis on romance mm-hmm. as, like, say, Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's sort of, like, a byproduct. That that was the word I was looking for earlier, byproduct. That's sort of, like, a byproduct of, like, Precure, like, gaining such a dominance over the industry. Yeah, it's definitely a, a factor. Uh, I think especially for the kids' shows... In particular, yeah. it's like, well, because like Precure, its target audience is very young. Not to say Sailor Moon wasn't, but yeah. at the time there was a lot more uh, romance in girls' media and that was adapted from a comic with an older target audience. So yeah. it's definitely, you know, it's different. But, you know, people still, when, when the romance is there, it's often uh, welcomed by the fans. So it just it's just a matter yeah. of what the intent is with the audience and all of that but it is an interesting kind of thing I, there is like a little bit and um certainly whenever you get to watching delicious party precure you'll probably notice that they they do have at least one character who is very obviously romantically interested in another character um, yeah but uh I, I think in general it's an interesting thing where there's a lot of like subtext and people are just kind of used to living in the subtext now but yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah but but your story doesn't have that right captain jellyfish no. it's very very clear that uh, maddie has a cute little crush on jacks um yes. <laughs> it's I'm very, very excited fun. to explore it a bit more in the future yeah it's a, it's a very much like just a very you know wonderfully typical teen crush situation <laughs> yeah 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 Actually, I guess kind of related to that, another one, and not necessarily a, a conflict within that relationship in particular, but with Maddie's life in general, you know, like you said, you no, know, Maddie is trans, but she's not out yet to anyone. And she hasn't even talked to the other magical folks about it yet. Um, it's just like a thing where it's like, oh, yeah, when I'm Captain Jellyfish, it's very clear I'm a girl, but like, it's not something that like gets brought up in her daily life yet. 
So I'm very curious about like why you decided to make that a part of her story as opposed to, say, uh, having a trans girl who's already out or something like that. Uh, I kind of find like the magical girl genre is sort of like inherently very queer. Definitely, yes. <laughs> Besides like the history of like the sheer like amount of lesbians that have mm-hmm. come out of the magical girl genre, like Revolutionary Girl, Uchana, Sailor Moon, like, there's just, like, like, even Madoka Madoka, like, besides that, it's, like, I feel like, even if there's, like, technically a, not a lot of, like, trans, like, magical girls, I feel like the whole, like, dynamic that's in so many magical girl shows, where, where it's, like, I transform into, like, another version of myself, but my family doesn't know, I feel like that's, like, very much parallel to, like, a closeted trans person mm-hmm. where it's like say like at school they're out but at home they can't be for whatever reason hmm yeah that makes sense definitely the magical girls are it's a space that is very clearly like welcoming of of queerness <laughs> yeah yeah for sure but yeah that's that makes um sense but it, and it it's played out very well there are some funny moments with that as well like cucumber not understanding um why everyone is is misgendering her around her poor thing (laughs) it's complex and you know cucumber's just a penguin (laughs) they don't know any better but yeah it's you know it's obviously going to be a serious topic We, we can see that but also uh it's as far as the story has gone so far it's been like kind of fine you know, so yeah, it's very interesting. So I'm, I'm definitely curious to see how that plays out uh, throughout the story. I'm very excited to explore it more. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So between like coming up with the story and like actually getting to the point where you felt you could uh, start publishing it and on the webtoon, um, I guess what what was that process like? So. Okay, so this is technically the first, like, although I've, like, made comics before, this is the first one I've actually uploaded <laughs> to, like, yeah. Webtoon specifically. Because, like, technically I attempted to upload a former comic of mine, but it, it was pretty illegible <laughs> the way I did it. <laughs> so, originally, Kevin Jellyfish started out as, like, a regular comic I did, where it's just sort of, like, held together in like binder sheets okay mm-hmm. like i was thinking about the story and i was like you know this is gonna take a while i might as well upload it mm. so i ended up just sort of like scanning them in mm-hmm. and like going from there so i'd like i actually like ended up <laughs> i like barely did any digital art before this wow really huh yeah, <laughs> I just sort of, like, I just sort of, like, jumped right in. I was, like, for, because, like, with the way this started out, um, basically, <laughs> I would, like, just sort of, like, take a picture of, like, the panels and, like, scan them in like that. And, like, I was getting used to, like, a lot of stuff. Like, I was getting used to, like, digital art a tablet (laughs) it was like plus like I had to figure out like like how to best translate the story Mm -hmm. from like a standard more like manga-ish like format Mm -hmm. to a webtoon format where it's like a scrolling one because it was like a lot of stuff I had to get used to (laughs) Mm-hmm. For a brief moment, I was like, oh, since technically these are already drawn, I can just, like, do a lineless style. Yeah. <laughs> like a fool. I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be, like, easy. I just gotta, like, do the colors, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's but a learning process. Up- <laughs> yeah. But then I, like, ended up forgetting to do that until, like, three of the pages were already done. And I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll just keep doing it the way I am. And, like, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, thank God I did not do 
the lineless style, dear lord, what was I thinking? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like the the style a lot. Like I mentioned, um, it's very it's very cute and uh, and fun. Um, I like everyone's Ugh. body types. They're everyone's like kind of like chunky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious because you said like you were drawing it out kind of in a more comic like style. Is that something you're intending to do later on down the line, or are you going to stick to just keeping it on uh, just webtoon? So, I'm gonna keep all the pages as like. A more like vertical scroll format but in the future if i ever do end up getting it published i'm gonna like transfer it back over to the like manga format mm-hmm. <laughs> because they like to be difficult <laughs> but mm-hmm. basically i'm gonna keep it in like the webtoon format for the online version sure that makes um, sense and it's it's this interesting thing where, like, Webtoon is definitely, like, the place right now for comics. Yeah. We don't know how long that will last, because um, yeah. <laughs> the world of webcomics, everything is very fleeting. I'm not sure how much you're aware of it, uh, being I, a youngin. I'm but... <laughs> very much aware of it. <laughs> I have seen many rises and falls of, of different webcomic spaces, so... Um, yeah, with Webtoon in particular, because of the formats uh, difference, it does feel like it does kind of force people to create things in a way that are, are very uh, difficult to transfer over to others, like, you know, down yeah. the line. So it's a little bit of an issue. A lot of people have to make that decision of like, do they focus on Webtoon formatting or like, because obviously yeah. some artists will do the comic formatting and then just kind of like make a whole column of comic pages and put that on webtoon you know whatever works but yeah that's really um it makes sense it's interesting so i guess is that kind of how you plan out your your chapters as well then like in that kind of comic more comic book like uh format uh yeah i put out is like a more comic book format simply because like i tried planning it out as like a vertical scroll format but, like, my brain just doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like the more comic book format, it's, like, it's, like, that way I can be, like, okay, I want to spend, like, more time on, like, this panel so I can just be, like, okay, I know how to translate it over. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of weird because, like, I have to, like, keep the vertical scroll format in mind, but at the same time... I have to work in a comic format, like a um, like a more standard format. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing, but yeah, you know, whatever works. <laughs> You're still like pretty like new to making comics in general. Is this something that like you're planning to do like more of down the line, like? after or even during Captain Jellyfish, would you want to make more stories? So, like, technically, I've been writing stories since, like, I was, like, 13. Awesome. I've been making comics. <laughs> I just haven't uploaded any of them here. Mm-hmm. But, like, I definitely want to, like, continue writing after this. Because, hmm. like, I love making comics. It's just, like, right now, I'm just, like, trying to focus on Captain Jellyfish because, like, I've, like, I've seen way too many web comics where it's like, oh yeah, I'll just, like, work on these two stories at the same time, and then, like, the author gets, like, so burned out that, like, both of the stories end up just, like, petering out and, like, never getting finished. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, sure. I'm trying to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm definitely doing more stories in the future. Awesome. Do you think that you'll stay in the genre or do you think you're going to like branch out to doing other kinds of stories? I think I might branch out, but so far writing for writing in the genre has been really fun. So I don't really know yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Okay. So I guess um, before we uh, finish off here, I'm curious, uh, do you have anything else that you would like to say to either readers or listeners of the podcast uh if you've read my comic before hi thank you so much for reading it (laughs) 
you have no idea how much it means to me. <laughs> the fact that, like, recently I've hit 100 subscribers, that's, like, insane to me that 100 people are, like, yeah, I'll read this. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, yeah. So thank you so much, especially Kate Lizzie on art. I love you. Thank you so much for making fan art of my comic. I literally <laughs> ran around my room screaming when I saw it. <laughs> so thank you so much. Even if you just like liked an episode, thank you so much. Awesome. So yeah, then we're down to the final question. So um, Enid, do you have a magical persona for yourself? Uh, not really, but <laughs> I like to joke that I'm a magical girl because, <laughs> like, I mean, I have a cat that meows at me a lot, but <laughs> uh, technically I'm gender fluid, but at, like at the same time I use any pronouns, but like on my more femme days, I sort of feel like a magical girl because like... <laughs> I sort of, like, transform, I guess. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. And that's definitely something that, that should be explored down the line, like having a, a gender-fluid magical person and seeing how yeah. that gender-fluidity... Hold on. Gender-fluidity um, affects, like, the, I guess, transformation and all of that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Great, so do you have any ideas for, like what kind of like magical person you would be or like any kind of particular powers you would want since i like really like baking i feel like it'd be fun to like have a magical girl persona that just sort of like has like bakes things and just sort of like launches it at enemies or like heals up friends mm -hmm. it'd be like like, you know, have you ever seen, like, the movie, like, Big Hero 6? Sure, yeah. You know how, like, there's Honey, how she has sort of, like, her bag that sort of, like, shoots out things? Mm-hmm. I'd sort of have, like, that, but it'd be, like, a mini, like, oven. Okay, <laughs> so interesting. Could, like, lo loaves of bread at people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, uh, the, the mother in Encanto. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a magical girl. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Sure. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Um, so would your cat be your mascot then? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I guess that's that's everything we had to talk about. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, where can people find you and follow you online? And uh, how can they support your work and find your comic? So I have an Instagram that's Enit underscore Enit. All the letters are lowercase. No eyes. Where the eyes should be, there are ones. <laughs> that is the most complicated way of saying it. Uh, <laughs> my Instagram is en1t underscore en1t. All lowercase letters. And it's where I mainly post, like, all my other art. I talk about Kevin Jellyfish a lot on there too. But mm -hmm. I do draw things that aren't just magical girls. But there's still lots of that over there. Hmm. Uh, but like, besides that, <laughs> I mean, liking like episodes and stuff like that, commenting, it like really helps with motivation and stuff like that. <laughs> sure, sure. Because, like, as much as I love working on it at the same time, it's a lot of energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can just, like, read Chem Jellyfish on Webtoon and Tapas and just sort of, like, recommend it to your friends if you think they enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. Um, and the links will be in the show notes, of course. So, yeah, Edith, thank you again for coming on. And I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you.
Whether this was your first or last time listening, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Sparkle Sight Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. We hope you check out the rest of our chats, over two years of magical content and counting. And if you like what you heard, tell a friend or tell five friends or tell the whole world by talking about us online. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparkleSideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlAyu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at Ayushinos, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at SparkleSideChats at gmail.com. Did you know we also take recommendations for future guests and topics? Just fill out the form in the show notes. You can even suggest yourself if you're so bold. The very best free way to support the podcast is using your podcast platform to give a rating and review of our little show. This gives the big internet machines the message that they should share it with more people, and I think we all want that, don't we? You can also join the Discord server for this podcast to talk about Magical Girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. The forever link is in the show notes as well as on the socials, so be sure to stop by. Show notes can be found on your podcast platform of choice or at our main landing page at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. If you have a few bucks, you can give a one-time donation at ko-fi.com or ko-fi.com slash You can also commit to a monthly membership, which grants you access to bonus episodes about Magical Girls and adjacent content such as movies, comics, and other series that Magical Girl fans tend to also love. All it takes is $5 a month, but if you want to rank up, that'll give you discounts on art commissions and monthly requests as well. Music credits, as always, are also in the show notes. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at A Few Bruises. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are magical forever and always. See you next time. <laughs>